Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Webmasterradio.fm proudly presents the longest-running program on affiliate marketing. Welcome to Affiliate Buzz. Our hosts, James and Arlene Martell, are here to inspire, inform, and motivate you with expert insight, interviews, and information that that will increase your bottom line. Advance your affiliate marketing efforts every week on Affiliate Buzz. Now, please welcome James and Arlene. Hi, it's James Martell here, and welcome to edition number 351 of the Affiliate Buzz, where we are dedicated to sharing with you what is working today to help you break free of the proverbial rat race, make more money, and to take back control of your time. If you're joining us live here today on Webmaster Radio, it's great to have you with us. If you are joining us through a podcast on your smartphone, tablet, computer, or Wi-Fi radio, it's also very nice to have you along. Arlene is away today. She is spending the afternoon with the granddaughter, so no Arlene today. However, not to worry because I have a very special guest joining us today, Melanie Dodero, keynote speaker, social selling evangelist, and the international number one best-selling author of the LinkedIn Code. And today, we'll be talking about how to create a powerful LinkedIn profile to attract your ideal target audience and how to build your reputation as the go-to person in your niche using LinkedIn. I'm also going to ask Melanie to share up a cheat sheet at the end of the show, uh, one that she shared with us at a conference. I actually had the opportunity to sit through uh, and watch her do a wonderful presentation on LinkedIn. Uh, and we're, I'll ask her to uh, talk about that maybe a little later in the show and talk about uh, that cheat sheet. We'll talk about some successes and failures. We'll jump into the speed round towards the end. And then, as usual, we'll wrap it up with a little dream building and some talk of trips and travel and lifestyle. Now, as I said, I had the opportunity to uh, sit through Melanie's presentation on LinkedIn at the Canada Marketing Summit uh, a few months back now. And I must say she knocked the presentation out of the park. Melanie is the uh, founder of Top Dog Media, and she lives in beautiful Kelowna, British Columbia, Canada. Melanie, welcome to the Affiliate Buzz. Thanks so much, James. Great to be here. Now, we were talking uh, before we got on the show here about where you live, and you'd mentioned that uh, you come from the uh, the Toronto area, and you asked me not to hold that against you, and I won't. And <laughs> before before we dig in, though, and before we talk about business, and we talk about what's working for you, and when we talk about LinkedIn and all the stuff that we're going to get into today, take, us, take a few minutes, if you would, and tell us about you, you personally, your history, your background, and you know, maybe what you were doing before you, you discovered the internet. 
Oh, yes. <laughs> you mean there was life before the Internet? <laughs> I do recall a little bit. I have, I've, I've gleaning, you know, memories of it from time to time. Here's the funny part, James, is, is in so many ways, I think life was better before the Internet. Hmm. And it, it's funny that I'm in, you know, an online business. I, having said that, I mean, it's opened up so many doors that were never available to us before. I think that, you know, you know, getting a little bit consumed with it and spending endless hours at it is definitely, you know, not the best idea. And so one of the things that I really do is uh, help people streamline, you know, the time that they have to spend on it because you can just spend endless hours and social media in general can be just this huge time suck. So it's really about figuring out you know, what are the highest leveraging activities? And I'll just share a little bit about my background. I originally, uh, I used to own a number of different franchises, both uh, out east and then uh, out here in British Columbia when I moved out here. And I sold them back in 2007, and I wrote a book. And uh, when I wrote this book, it was a health-related book. And uh, when I wrote the book, I was really confused as to how to market it because I had spent, you know, over a decade owning businesses and spending literally hundreds of thousands of dollars a year on marketing, uh, TV, radio, newspaper, all the traditional marketing. Mm-hmm. And so when I wrote this book, I'm like, how do you promote a $20 book? You just can't, you know, you can't do those traditional forms of advertising because they're just way too costly. And at the same time, I, I set up an account on Facebook very reluctantly. I was very anti, you know, anything public and being online and having, so funny. That's like just, hilarious. I did not, yeah, it is. I didn't want a presence online. I didn't want anyone to know who I was. And my family all at East kept bugging me saying, hey, Melanie, you know, get on Facebook. I'm like, what is this stupid Facebook? I had no idea what it was. So I finally set up a profile, and I would only allow my immediate family and very closest friends to be my Facebook friends. And uh, had, you know, all the privacy settings, you name it. (laughs) And then after a few months, I realized that there was a business application to it. So I really just dove in, became a full-time student for like three years, studying everything I could about online marketing, social media, and, uh, and just, you know, you name it, coaches, seminars, books, courses, did them all. Started having some really good success with it and having business owners and entrepreneurs reach out to me and say, hey, you know, Melanie, I really love what you're doing on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn or whatever it was. Can you give me some advice? I'm like, absolutely. And I just absolutely loved it, loved helping people. At that time, I was literally doing it for free, uh, just as favors to people that I knew and realized that there was, uh, you know, great opportunity and need for me to start a company to really help you know, uh, business owners and and entrepreneurs and professional service providers utilize social media to uh, grow their audience, you know, grow their leads, prospects, and clients. And so that's how my company, Top Dog Social Media, got started. So with the logo now, of course, you've got a dog in there. there, there, Tell us a story about the name and how you came up with that, and is there a story behind the dog? Yeah, um, well, I'm a huge dog lover, and it's funny. My son and I were talking about it. I'm like, I want to get a dash hound. And so, you know, we decided to name the company Top Dog Social Media and have that dog as a logo, partly because I love dogs, but mostly because my goal was to help people become the top dog in their industry. So when we started taking clients uh, initially, we were offering services like social media management and whatnot, and we would only take one client per industry per city because Mm -hmm. my goal was to make them literally the top dog, and I knew I couldn't do that with two people, like, for example, two accountants in, you know, Vancouver. I could only do it with one. So um, 
that was, you know, that was basically where the name kind of came from. And, and of course, our love for dogs. So when you got started, so let's go right back to when you started to uh, decide and dig in, I guess, prior to the three three years that you're talking about. And I, I would imagine there's a lot of people even today, my wife being one of them, who is finally on Facebook, uh, primarily because it's she, to, I, I, I have a good chuckle with her, to, to her Facebook is a photo album. And that's where she keeps in touch with the grandbabies and all the fun stuff that happens there. So that's why she's on Facebook. But prior to that, she was kind of like you. Yeah, I'm not going on Facebook. I, I have enough to do. Like, my goodness, what do I need another site to log into for? So this was you. And then you had that little bit of a shift by the sounds of it. So tell us about the early days when just right then when you started to realize that you really got something here. Yeah, well, I mean, the early days, oh, my God, they were painful. I, I you know, I learned by trial and error for the most part. I remember hiring a, a Twitter coach to teach me Twitter. And uh, we spent 10 hours doing one-on-one sessions. And at the end of those 10 hours, I was more confused than I was when I started. I was like, this is brutal. <laughs> How can you complicate um, so, Twitter so much, huh? Yeah, no kidding. It's amazing. And, and one of the reasons why I've been really um, successful at, help, at helping people and training people is because I'm not actually a technical person. I am as far from technical as you can get. Literally, I couldn't figure out how to set up my own Facebook profile originally. I had to have my cousin walk me through it step by step. And so I don't, you know, when you start complicating things, it becomes very challenging for people to learn. One of the other things I always say is, you know, like, yeah, sometimes setting up a profile or a page or whatever on whatever site you're talking about can be a little bit techy, but once it's set up, it's done. And social media isn't techy. And the problem is, is that so many business owners will you know, hand over this area of their business to their tech department or their techie person or the young intern. And what social media really is, is a a tool for, you know, marketing and business development and customer service and sales and, you know, done the right way. And so you need to have somebody that actually understands those things. And just handing it off to a tech person or an intern can be challenging. Mm. I bet. What was the? What would you say would be the first real success that you saw online once you got going? The first real success, I guess. You know, well, uh, you know, when it comes to the the real successes, they they actually started coming to me from LinkedIn, and it was interesting because I gravitated to LinkedIn immediately as a business owner. Um, it just made sense to me to focus my attention on the business social network, the number one business social network. And, you know, Facebook, you know, is great for what it was intended for, which is really personal use, and most marketers really struggle with it. So I started having um, some really great success with both LinkedIn and blogging. Um, and it's interesting because when I started my company, Top Dog Social Media, within three months, I had every single local organization contact me and ask me to come out and speak. And I thought that was really interesting because I had actually only been doing it for three months, yet I became the go-to authority on it in such a short period of time because of the activity that I was doing on LinkedIn, because I had a great profile on LinkedIn, because I was blogging and positioning myself as an authority on the topic. And so that's where it really started to take off. The... You know, it's it's good to talk about successes, and I when we dig in, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of leave a lot of this till after the uh, the break. Uh, but that's 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 good stuff. So, what would you say the biggest failure that you've had? What was the biggest oops that you've made in, let's say, in LinkedIn? Oh. You know, I'll use Facebook as an example instead because. Okay. Um, 
I, I really kind of I figured out LinkedIn much much quicker than I did Facebook because of the business nature to it. Okay. And I always kept it professional, and I understood I got it. Facebook was a little bit more challenging because although I realized that there was a business application to it, I didn't realize how that actually worked. And so, you know, most people fail really miserably on Facebook because they start promoting their business and realizing that that actually doesn't work. People are looking for fa- at Facebook for you know, stories, photos like your wife about personal stuff. Yeah. And so what I found is, you know, I, I definitely made every mistake that one could possibly make and, you know, tried to do promotional stuff and just, you know, and even still, like every once in a while I'll do a promotional post, very rarely on on um, on Facebook, but once in a while I will. And it's interesting to see, you know, I'll get maybe, you know, 12 or 20, you know, likes or comments. Then I'll do a personal post that's very personal and I'll get like a hundred and sometimes mm. even a thousand wow. comments and and likes and it's like this is what Facebook was made for and so when people confuse that and they start using it to um, promotional they really really struggle and so I saw that anytime that I ever did anything promotional it was just like an absolute flop and I like literally at the end of the day sometimes I delete my posts I'm like oh my gosh I posted this and not even one person liked it or commented <laughs> we've all done that We've yeah. all done that. You post something in this is like ghost town. It's like, oh, what did I say? What uh, with with your book now? I was looking at the stats on on your book, and very impressive. Obviously, that really took off for you. Uh, tell us about what motivated you to write it, and tell us about the book. Sure. Um, one of the services that uh, we've been offering for a while, uh, I call my LinkedIn domination service. And that's where we write somebody's profile for them and we create a lead generation campaign for them, showing them uh, exactly what to do, creating the messages that they need to like reach out to prospects and build relationships with them and move them offline to actually have a conversation to see if there's a fit. And, um, you know, give them a, you know, handy little checklist of the things that they need to do on a daily and weekly basis and then give them some training on how to actually implement that. And what I realized is, you know, it's certainly not a service that everybody can afford because not everybody can, you know, basically hire somebody to do all that for them. And there was mm-hmm. a lot of people that were the do-it-yourselfers that really needed this information, needed to learn it, but couldn't afford to hire somebody to do it for them. And so that is what really inspired me to write my book. Uh, and basically what I did is I laid out the book exactly in terms of how we deliver that service. First, we identify who the ideal client is what their problem is and around your solution that you offer. Then we, um, you know, create a really client-focused LinkedIn profile that speaks to, you know, both your credibility but more importantly to the clients you're trying to attract so that when they land on your profile that it really resonates with them, it speaks to them. And then understanding LinkedIn etiquette and best practices, there's so many mistakes that people make on a daily basis that actually hurt them. It damages yeah. their credibility. It wastes their time because it produces no results and just hurts them. So understanding what that is. And then what kind of messages do you need to create? I'm, I'm big on you know making sure that you personalize everything. So from the connection request message to the follow-up messages, what's going to resonate and work with your audience? And creating some messaging that's going to add value to them, build a relationship with them, not pitching them, not selling them, but quickly moving that conversation offline where you can then explore 
you know, a little bit more about, you know, what their business is. And, and LinkedIn is very effective for B2B. You know, it's a little bit more challenging for B2C. you got to be a little bit more creative. Mm-hmm. But if it's a B2B, learning, you know, about what their problems are and how your services can, can kind of work to solve those problems and creating that conversation around that. So just basically laying out the whole, you know, what a lead generation campaign would look like on LinkedIn. That's awesome. That's awesome. I can see uh, we are coming up against the break. When we return, uh, I think it's time to shift gears and start digging in deeply into LinkedIn. And we're going to talk about, uh, I'm going to ask Melanie really to share some of the insights that she has with LinkedIn, some of the successes. And we'll talk about things such as why LinkedIn, why we, why should we publish on LinkedIn, getting the profile set up, and we'll get some tips and actionable items uh, from Melanie when we return. We'll be right back. More affiliate buzz coming after we hear from our sponsors. BubbleFast burst onto the e-commerce scene as a family-owned shipping supply provider back in 1999. The product line has grown, but Mark and Robin still own and operate BubbleFast as a family business. Being sellers themselves, has taught them what online sellers need to safely and affordably deliver their products to their customers. BubbleFast is proud to be an active member of the community of online sellers. Mark and Robin sponsor seller meetup groups, share shipping tips and tricks through social media, and always love talking to customers and helping solve shipping challenges. Check out the website at BubbleFast.com. Sign up for the Bubble Briefs newsletter to join the BubbleFast family. Use promo code WMR to get a 5% discount. Or call Mark and Robin at 877-599-7446. Happy shipping from Mark and Robin at BubbleFast. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is authoritylabs.com. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I signed us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Time now to hear some more affiliate buzz on webmasterradio.fm. Here's James and Arlene. Arlene is away today, but I do have Melanie Dodero on the line, the number one best-selling author of the LinkedIn Code with us, and we're talking about how to generate more leads, prospects, and as Melanie says, most importantly, more business using LinkedIn. So let's, uh, Melanie, if we could, let's start right at the beginning for those who are maybe new to LinkedIn, and, and give us your take on it, if you would, as to maybe why LinkedIn? Yeah, you know, well, first of all, I I mean, I mentioned this earlier, that it is really essentially the number one business social network. So if you're looking to do business, it makes sense to spend time on the the network that, you know, really, really caters to that. There's some great stats on LinkedIn. You know, first of all, it's got a much higher, um, you know, affluent member base. The average income on LinkedIn is 109,000, much 
much higher than Facebook, Twitter, or any other social network. Hmm. It's 277% more effective for lead generation wow. than Facebook or Twitter. And this is, you know, I find that number really interesting because I see most people using LinkedIn very, very poorly. Uh, they haven't taken the time to really learn how to leverage the, the tool, and so they're making all kinds of mistakes, and yet it's still 277% more effective. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the key is understanding and, and learning how to use it properly because that number could skyrocket. Um, so, you know, it's most effective for professional service providers, B2B companies, sales professionals, marketers, copywriters, anybody that's serving a business audience. So the mindset now for LinkedIn, so and, and, and if you would help us get organized so that us, those of us that really want to engage LinkedIn to drive more business, as you say, so, um, so that, you know, six months from now, 12 months from now, we haven't let it fall away, you know, how that so often happens. We get we start off well, but it fades. So if, if somebody's looking to become that go-to person and, and expert in their niche and they're looking at LinkedIn, what kind of mindset do they have? to have? What do they got to do to set themselves up for success? The number one thing, James, that I always talk about is laying the foundation for your success with a great profile. Because if you're going to start any kind of an outreach campaign, you're going to start to you know look for, LinkedIn's got phenomenal tools to, to find um, you know, your prospects via the advanced search function and zeroing in, dialing it down to you know, adding these different filters and so forth, as well as relevant LinkedIn groups with your target audience. There's great you know, opportunities to find those people. But when you connect with them, you know, one of the things they're going to do is they're going to look at your profile. And so you want to make sure that your profile really stands out and looks great so that they actually accept that, as well as, you know, of course, getting found so that people can actually find you. There is opportunity for, you know, people to get passive business from LinkedIn. I'd always tell people not to rely on that. You want to definitely be very proactive in your efforts. But I, you know, I get tons of people that just organically find me. So the key is, is creating a great profile. And, and I talk about a three-step formula that I have to do that, James. Mm-hmm. The first step is to get found, you know, using the right keywords to get found, uh, making sure that you're showing up when your ideal clients are looking for what you offer. Second step is to attract your ideal clients. So have the client-focused profile. And this is kind of counterintuitive to what people believe LinkedIn really is. You know, they think it's a resume or, you know, where you, where you house your professional bio. Um, but that's just not going to work if you want to attract your ideal clients. And then the third one is to stand out. We know that social media is noisy and LinkedIn's certainly no different. So you need to stand out. So if you'd like, what I can do is dive into each of those three and give some pointers and, and some tips on each one. Yeah, you bet. So let's let's start off with getting found. Getting found. So, you know, the key for that is to choose the right keywords initially. And the keywords that you would choose on LinkedIn are very different than the keywords that you might choose on your website to get found on Google. Because typically on Google, people are looking for, you know, a thing or they're looking for research or they're, you know, looking for information, whereas on uh, LinkedIn they're looking for a person. So I'll give you an example. Um, Somebody might be looking on Google for how to write a great LinkedIn profile. And we we know that because we get tons of hits to our website every single month from that term. Um, Whereas on LinkedIn, they're going to look for, if they want help with their profile, they're going to look for a LinkedIn consultant, a LinkedIn expert, a LinkedIn trainer. Uh, You know, they're going to look for something specific, more title-based keywords. So the challenge and the problem that I see for most people is that they choose keywords that are either creative, 
Mm-hmm. You know, they've got these you know creative words that they've decided to call themselves, or very non-creative in that they're a business owner or an entrepreneur and they're calling themselves a founder or CEO or um, you know an owner. And business owners often make that mistake. And I always tell them that when I train sales teams, one of the one of the areas of my business is I train sales teams on social selling and LinkedIn. Yeah. And I always tell them, I'm like, I'm training the salespeople to find you using those exact keywords. They're the only people that are going to find you. So, you know, I'll go, if you're a website company, for example, you're a website designer or developer, you know, sometimes they'll come up with these uh, very creative keywords to describe what they do, but people aren't looking for them. Right. If somebody's looking for a website, they're not even looking for, you know, a website design necessarily. They're looking for a website designer uh-huh. or a website developer. They're looking for a title-based keyword often, not always, but often because they know they're looking for a person. Interesting. So you want to choose those keywords, and you want to choose about three because you don't have to optimize your profile for just one. You can optimize your profile for multiple keywords. And then you want to put them throughout your profile in a variety of different areas from, you know, your headline to your summary to your current work experience. You know, if it's relevant for your past work experience, have them in there, your skills section, all these different spots. And if you use the same keywords, those same three, let's say, for example, in all those spots, your profile is going to be well optimized for search. If you use, if you come up with a list of 12 keywords and you use three here and three there and three here, your profile is actually not optimized for any of them. You may hmm. still show up because you might be in an industry that's not competitive or you might be in an industry where nobody's doing a really good job on LinkedIn, so you still have the opportunity to get, you know, to show up. But if it's, you know, anything competitive, that's going to be a challenge. I bet. I bet. So that's number one, getting found, choosing the right keywords. Uh, number two was client-focused profile. What do you mean by client focus? Is this yeah. kind of where you're going with this? Yeah, absolutely. So the second one is, is basically attracting your ideal clients with a client-focused profile. So getting that out of that mindset of your LinkedIn profile should be your resume or your bio. You know, If you're looking for a job, absolutely. That, you can absolutely take that approach. You can have a very resume-focused profile. But if you're looking to use LinkedIn as a business-building tool, if you're looking to attract clients from it, you need to have a profile that really speaks to who those clients are. So um, the key is making sure first that you've got a great headline. So if somebody's doing a search for what you offer on LinkedIn, or you're, you've connected with, you've sent a message to them. They're, you know, they're seeing your name, your photo, and your headline. These are the first things that they're always going to see. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that your headline is what I call click-worthy. If you're showing up in the search results, having an optimized profile isn't enough. You need to actually have a profile that uh, has a headline that's interesting and intri- intriguing enough for them to actually click on it. Then once they click on your profile, the first thing they're going to go to is your summary. Your summary section. This is what sits right below if you if you've enabled that. Mm-hmm. And in your summary section, this is the this is the area that you want to make it really client focused. As with your headline, uh, you want to basically tell a little bit about who you are. So you started off with what I call in my book. I, I refer to it as your credibility paragraph. Okay. It's you know one or two short paragraphs that describe who you are and why you're credible in your area. You know what you know what years of experience. Um, high-profile clients, awards, accolades, published author, you know, anything that really kind of positions you as an authority on your topic. 
Then you move into talking about who your ideal clients are by identifying them. So, for example, if you work with accountants or you work with lawyers or you work with website designers or you work with printing companies or whoever it is you work with, identifying them. I like literally identifying them in your profile, as in these are the types of clients that we work with or these are the types of clients we help, and then identifying who they are, followed by the problem that they have. And unless you really know who your ideal clients are and the problem that they have, that it's going to be a challenge for you. So in my book, I talk about, you know, that's where we start. We start with identifying them. What are the problems? What are the, what's the language that they use? What is the, the, you know, just the frustration that they have in their business or what's going on with them right now and identifying what that is and then adding what what your solution is. You know, how do you help them? So you got printing companies, let's say, for example, Mm -hmm. who, if this was your target audience, who are in an industry where they're commodity-based. And it's really hard for them to differentiate themselves from other printers because the number one thing that their clients are looking for is price. So we help printing companies differentiate themselves based on more than price and value and get higher, you know, higher quality clients um, and retain them. You know, something like that that's really speaking to who they are, the problem they have, and the solution that you offer. That's terrific. That's terrific. That's what I mean by client focus, because then what happens is when they land on your profile, they see themselves in it, and they're like, ah, I'm in the right place. This is the Mm. right person. I need to reach out to this person. There's nothing better when you're, excuse me, just just going to say, there's nothing better when you're out looking for something, and you happen to land on the page, and you get that, aha, finally, I found them. This is who I'm looking for. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, and then the last part of that, James, and I'm just speaking about the summary section right now because that's, like like I said, that's the most important part once they land on your profile, is a call to action. Tell people what you want them to do next. A lot of times somebody might land on your profile and be thinking, oh, my gosh, this person is exactly who I need to talk to. They, they do exactly what I've been looking for. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to contact them tomorrow because I've got my plate full today. I'm really busy. I'm going to retouch them tomorrow. Then tomorrow comes along, they forget about it. Next week comes along, they remember it. They're like, who is that person I saw on LinkedIn? Yeah. And they don't remember who you were. They don't remember your name or anything about you because they didn't, you didn't tell them what to do next. So if you said, hey, you know, if you have this problem, if you're this person and you have this problem, call me at or email me at or go to this web page and download this free report or white paper or whatever, when you tell them what to do, the chances are of them doing it exponentially are increased. Whether it's just them jotting down your phone number on a post-it note and sticking it on their daytime or to remember to call you tomorrow. Now I'm kind of dating myself because yeah. I still like to use old school day- daytimers. My yeah. assistant gives me shit for that all the time. She says, Melanie, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I manage your Google calendar, but you don't put all your stuff in there. I'm like, I know because I... <laughs> I'm old school. <laughs> Uh, I don't use day timers. I don't use calendars either, and I get in double trouble. Yeah, so that's that's really about you know basically how you create a client focused profile, and and then this last step is standing out, and this part is actually the easiest Hmm. because so many people do such a lousy job. 
they don't complete their profiles. And you'll see this as you start using LinkedIn more and more that, you know, you'll land on people's profiles. There's nothing on it or it looks really crappy. Uh, they haven't completed it. It looks like they literally just set it up and forgot to fill it out. Um, so just filling out your profile, just adding, you know, content in it. And the more content you have in your profile, the more likely you are to be found in the search results because it's the content that you have in your profile that's going to determine whether you're going to show up. So filling it out, making sure you have a professional headshot. You know, a lot of people will post pictures or a lot of people won't post a picture at all, which is a huge, huge uh, mistake to make because most people won't accept your, your connection requests. Yeah. But those that do uh, have pictures, a lot of them will have, you know, a family picture, a picture with their dog, or, you know, I've done lots of the trainings with sales teams where they've had pictures like, you know, proud of this big fish they're holding that they just caught or, <laughs> you know, a skiing picture. Or, those are all great and good for Facebook. On LinkedIn, just a clean headshot. Then LinkedIn also allows you to add some rich media, so multimedia, so videos, slideshare presentations, PDF documents, things like that. My recommendation is if you have a video, definitely put a video on your profile because it allows people to just learn a little bit more about who you are, get a feel for you. Uh, if you don't have a video right now, you've got you know slideshare presentations or PDFs, you can use those in the meantime. Um, but really, those things also visually enhance your profile. Not only do they allow people to you know, have more of a human touch and an element to learn a little bit more about who you are, but they visually enhance your profile. How much time would you say somebody needs to budget to put this together properly, time-wise? Because one thing I noticed with LinkedIn, it is an extensive profile. And it is. It I is. remember and the first, and, and I, I must say, mine's probably not done. I'm going to have to go really take you up on what you're talking about here. <laughs> uh, but I do remember working on it for a few other people and with them. It's pretty extensive, isn't it? It is. It's probably the profile that takes the most amount of time. But here's the beautiful part about it. Once it's done, it's done. So it's like a one-time investment of time or energy, or if you pay somebody to do a one-time investment of, of uh, you know, the financial resources. The only time that's going to change is if something dramatically changes with you. If your business changes or you add a new service and you just want to tweak it, or you know what I mean? Like there's not a lot yeah. of changes. So, James, sometimes I do, I do one-day full uh, hands-on intensive uh, seminars where we literally just work on the profile for an entire day. Interesting. So, I mean, it can literally take that long. When, when people hire me to do a profile for them, it's taking me, you know, upwards of a day to do it because I start off with interviewing them and understanding who they are and, and who, you know, their expertise and who their clients are and, you know, kind of going through that whole ideal client um, section, figuring that out, figuring out what keywords, optimizing it, writing the content, editing it, you know, formatting it, making sure it looks good. It is a bit of a time investment, but again, just one time. I mean, you could do some shortcuts, but I'm just such a big believer that shortcuts don't work. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm actually looking at your profile right now on LinkedIn. It's a masterpiece, I might say. <laughs> and uh, you can, I can see, you know, having a visual on it, it really makes sense. And I'd actually encourage listeners to uh, check your profile out on LinkedIn. Just do, a, I guess, a Google search for Melanie Dodero, and which is how I found you. Interesting, use Google to find LinkedIn. Oh, well, you know, here, I'm so glad you brought that up. Your LinkedIn profile is often your very first online impression. 
If somebody's thinking about doing business with you, one of the first things that they do is Google your name. So you are looking specifically for my LinkedIn profile, but a lot of times people will just Google your name to learn more about you. Your LinkedIn profile, because LinkedIn's got really good, you know, search rankings and, and Google, is going to show up in the top one, two, or three. Yeah. Because it's a place that people know they can find out more about you, they'll usually click on that first, above your website. So your LinkedIn profile is so important that you take the time to, to do it well and get it done, because once it's done, it's done. And then you can start utilizing um, the, the, the functions in LinkedIn to actually start generating business from it by you know, following the, the lead generation plan that I talk about in my book, you know, finding who those ideal prospects are, creating some message sequences that you're going to send to them to reach out, add some value, build a relationship. Ultimately, and this is the biggest mistake that most people make in, in, with social media, is they keep everything online. They don't understand that people don't buy on social media. People True. buy once they have a conversation with you. Now, of course, that depends on your business. Like, people will buy my book without ever having a conversation with me. They'll buy my online courses without ever having a conversation with me. But nobody buys my services without having a conversation with me. So if you keep those relationships online, nothing's going to happen. Or if you try to sell or pitch online, we're, not only is nothing going to happen, you're going to get reported as spam. Hmm. So it's, the key is, is building some value, building some credibility, building that relationship, and then moving that offline to have that sales conversation, how you can help them, what is their problem. First of all, you can't even recommend your products or services until you truly know what their problem is. Very true. Right? Very You've true. got to have that conversation. Love the saying that you uh, you just used a few minutes ago. Once it's done, it's done. Give some encouragement to those that haven't done it, me included. To uh, obviously, I'm hearing all the benefits and the reasons why. Maybe some maybe encouragement and some tips on you know getting organized. Number one, of course, get a hold of your book uh, so you've got an outline to go through it. But just kind of give us some you know, a few tips, if you would. Well, the, okay, so the, the three most important areas that you want to focus on with your profile is your headline, your summary, and your current work experience, because that's what you're doing right now. Um, so when I'm working with somebody, I'm not really overly concerned about their past experience. I want to make sure that their profile is complete and that there's you know, maybe a sentence or two description in there, but it doesn't matter. What you're focusing on is what you're doing now, unless they have like some really huge accomplishments they might want to add for the past stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the three areas. So if you do nothing but just complete those three areas, you're going to have you know, a profile that's 10 times better than the average person. So that kind of cuts it down. And then, you know, if you want to do it in two stages where you just do those three sections and then, you know, the following week or the following month or whenever you have some free time, you work on the rest, you know, that, that's key. But make sure that you've got, you know, a headline. Uh, you've got 120 characters in that headline. And your goal is to make sure that people actually click on it. So you want to incorporate one or two keywords. But more than that, you want to create, some, uh, you want to create something that, you know, either positions you or speaks to how you, how you help your ideal clients. And then the summary, I laid out exactly what that looks like from your credibility paragraph to identifying, speaking to your ideal clients, followed by the call to action. And then your current work experience. So it's kind of more, you know, more kind of the copy that you'd maybe have in your about section on your website, for example. Terrific. Once it's done, it's done. You said you figure about a day. Tell us about, tell us about your intensive. The one-day intensive. Is it online or is it is it in a physical location? I offer them location? from time to time. I offer them from time to time. I don't have uh, any coming up um, 
the remainder of this year. I do have an online course called Cracking the LinkedIn Code okay. uh, 2.0 that uh, I take people through in videos. So that's you know an option that's available. But yeah, I, I've done a, a series of those one-day uh, intensives, and I do them from time to time. But I don't have anything scheduled for this year. Terrific. Okay. So let's do this. Let's. Uh, you can see we're up against the break. Uh, let's. Uh, Let's uh, do that. Uh, when we return, we're going to jump into the speed round, which is always fun, and Melanie has no idea what that is, so it'll even be more fun. So uh, we'll do that and a whole bunch more when we get back. More affiliate buzz coming up after we hear from our sponsors. Before you mistakenly create another label or drag yourself to the post office, set a course to ShipStation, your key to e-commerce shipping nirvana. Save time by easily importing orders from wherever you sell, like Amazon, eBay, and over 40 others. Save money with discounted USPS rates and a free USPS account. Automate manual tasks through bulk label and invoice printing, custom shipping rules, and much more. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Time now to hear some more affiliate buzz on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's James and Arlene. Arlene is away today, but I do have Melanie Dodero on the line, number one best-selling author of the LinkedIn Code, and we're talking about how to generate more leads, prospects, and most importantly, more business using LinkedIn. Melanie, during the break there, I had a thought. What happens, or what does somebody do if they have? Let's say they've got two areas of expertise they want that they focus on. They're an expert in two different things. How would you manage to profile then? Because I would. That's a great question, James. I get that asked that all the time. So they might have two areas of expertise. They might even have two businesses. And so um, one of the things I talk about when that's the scenario is figuring out where you're going to get the most leverage from LinkedIn. So, for example, you might have two target audiences or two different businesses where one is substantially more um, well-suited for LinkedIn where the other one maybe isn't. And so what I'll say is, you know, I'll look at the scenario and I'll weigh it out. So I'll be like, okay, you know, the profile should be like 100% about this one. Just forget about this one because the people that you're trying to target on LinkedIn, they're really hard to identify for that. 
whereas they're really easy to identify for this. Or if, you know, one of them's more definitely going to be much more effective than the other one, I might say an 80-20 split. In some cases, it might be a 50-50 split. So, you know, you can identify, you can identify several different ideal clients within your, um, you know, your summary section that speak to the same type of services that you offer. Mm-hmm. If they become so exponentially different, that becomes a challenge. And then you want to figure out where, where is that. Like, for example, on my profile, I talk about the different clients that I help. You know, some of them are VPs of sales who have sales teams that want to get trained. Some are just businesses that are struggling with their social media. Others are event planners and conference planners that need a, a speaker. So, you know, they're vastly different, but they're all related to what I do. Right. So that's, you know, one example. But when the examples are completely different, then you look at where are you going to get the best results from LinkedIn. The best results are always going to come from the B2B aspect. So if you've got one business or one ideal client that's consumer-based, like, for example, if you're a financial advisor, mm-hmm. um, you know, LinkedIn's a great network to use. There's a lot of affluent people on LinkedIn that you can start to build relationships with. But, you know, it's a little bit harder to identify some of them. You know, obviously, if you're going after physicians or you're going after CEOs, that's kind of clear and easy. But if you're going after retired people or, you know, something like that, it's a little bit more challenging. You don't necessarily know who they are. Yeah. But that financial advisor could actually use LinkedIn to build strategic alliances with accountants, lawyers, and other people that share the same target audience. So it's really about figuring out where is the best results for you going to come from for you with LinkedIn. Is it focusing on those strategic alliances? Is it focusing on those, you know, end user consumers? Is it focusing on, um, you know, business clients? You know, what is that? And just figuring that out and then creating that profile to speak to them. I'll give you just a quick example of okay. a client who has a, a, a matchmaking service. So high-end matchmaking service for executives where they don't have to go online. She screens them, you know, blah, 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 <laughs> finds matches <laughs> for them and hooks them up on dates. Um, but the other thing that she was doing was she was offering her services or, or she was basically licensing her services to people in different cities across the country. And so um, she had this licensing model, kind of like a business in a box or a franchise model. Okay. And so when I was doing her profile for her, I was like, hmm, okay, you know, where are you going to get the best results? Well, it's really challenging to create an outreach campaigns and start targeting single people when you don't know, even know who's single on LinkedIn and who is and who would be a good fit and whatnot. But the licensing model, she had a very specific type of person that she was looking for, yeah. and it made sense to, to target them. So as I was doing her profile for her, I was like, Okay, the matchmaking service isn't a great fit in terms of, you know, really kind of going after that. However, LinkedIn's filled with her ideal clients. So instead of making her profile 100% about the licensing opportunity, I did an 80-20 split where I focused 80% of it on the licensing opportunity and 20% on the matchmaking services just in case somebody came across her and her engagement in LinkedIn groups or doing a search or, you know, whatever it was that they saw what she offered so that they could actually reach out to her. Interesting idea. That's great. Yeah. That's great. So you can blend it a little bit, but what you're saying is make sure you have a major focus of make one sure of the focus is yeah, make sure your focus is basically on where you can get the best results. Right? And the best results are gonna come where you can clearly identify who those ideal clients are as well as um, how easy it is to, to, to reach out to them. Let's uh, let's jump into the speed round. This is always fun. I'm scared. 
Ah, it's not that bad. So, okay, so we'll start off with a simple one. Windows or Mac? Mac. Oh, man, again. It's like 8 to 2 right now for Mac, so I'm, I'm clearly on the wrong side of the fence. What's your favorite? Oh, this will be interesting. What's your favorite top three internet or social media marketing conferences? Top three, favorite top three, uh-huh. social media, uh, social media marketing world, San Diego, Michael Stelzner's event from Social Media Examiner. Yeah. Um, he has an awesome podcast too, by the way. Yes, he does. Social Media Camp uh, in Victoria, BC, because Victoria is my favorite city. Ah, when is that going to be? Uh, that is May of each year. Okay, cool. Yeah. And I'm struggling with a third. Can we go with two? <laughs> we can go with two. Okay. Favorite success quote? You become what you think about. By Napoleon, uh, by Earl Nightingale. Brilliant. Cat or dog person? Dog. That should be easy. Top dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, dream car? Oh. <sighs> Okay, I'm going to sound like such a nerd right now. I've been driving SUVs for a long time. Slight, you know, slight bit of gas guzzlers. Uh-huh. My next vehicle is definitely going to be a hybrid. I just haven't decided on what kind. Okay. <laughs> cool. What was the speed of your dial-up modem when you got started? Because you sound like you got started a long time ago. Or modem in I general. Worked, I worked for a telecommunic- uh, telecommunications company uh, 20 years ago. Um, one of my last jobs before I became an entrepreneur. And I was given free everything. So free, I remember the day when we didn't have unlimited long distance, uh-huh. long distance call. So I had unlimited long distance. I had un- uh, internet. And it was the first time that I had ever used the internet. And I was like, oh, my God, there's no way I could actually ever use the internet. This is way too slow, and I do not have the patience for it. So I don't even remember what it was back then. But <laughs> we're talking about 1994. Right, crawling online. <laughs> so so, it was too slow to use. Oh, yeah. I remember that. You push a button. Oh, there's a photo on the page. It's going to take 20 minutes to load. Oh, no. I didn't know there was a photo. They should have warned me. What sometimes was my uh, iPhone? Sometimes my iPhone feels like friggin' dial up. <laughs> uh, my Android is just fine. Mm. Top three One things. One score for Don Mac person. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Top three things uh, business owner slash marketer should be doing with respect to LinkedIn. Um, well, the number one thing is, first of all, complete your profile. Have a have a killer profile. It, it's your personal it's your personal brand. It's your professional brand. It represents you and your company. So that's number one. Number two is identify you know clearly who. If you try to market to everybody, you're marketing to nobody. So come up with you know a few really specific ideal clients that you can start reaching out to. Create um, some content. Some really killer content. I would say, you know, have two or three signature pieces, whether they're blog posts that are really killer, free reports, a webinar, whatever they are, create some signature pieces that you can use as a um, value added as you're reaching out to new people. Instead of pitching them on your services and telling them how great you are and, oh, I can help you with this or that, give them something. Give them something that's specific and valuable to them. I'll give you an example. 
when I started my business, I had a specific target audience that I was going after. It's changed dramatically because everybody in the world needs social media and everybody was reaching out to me that wasn't in my target audience. Mm-hmm. But initially, it was professional service providers. It was accountants, it was lawyers, it was doctors, it was people like that. So what I did is I created signature pieces for each of them. So free reports um, that was like, you know, the social media marketing guides for accountants, the social media marketing guide for lawyers. And I created these pieces, and, and I created one signature piece that could then be easily repurposed to fit the different audiences. Because yep, yep. the more specific you are to speak to that specific audience, the more value it will, the perceived value it will be to them. And you can tweak it. So I used in each one, I used their language, I used case studies related to their industry, and so forth. Um, and then I uh, have an outreach campaign where you basically, you know, create a sequence of messages that I talk about, you know, in my book, where you're going to um, reach out to them and build that relationship, add value, and move that conversation offline. So, you know, I have so many people say to me on a regular basis, especially when I'm speaking at different speaking engagements, they'll be like, you know, I've been using LinkedIn for like four or five years and I haven't gotten any business from it. I'm like, well, what have you been doing? Well, you know, I send them the odd connection request message, and when somebody sends me one, I accept it, and that's about it. And I'm like, well, okay, so you expect business to just magically appear. You're not doing anything. You know, so it's about creating, um, building those relationships and adding value and enough value and positioning yourself so that you can take that conversation offline. Perfect. Favorite business book? The e I love that. I bought that book 30 times, I swear. (laughs) I've given that book away so many times. Michael Gerber, The Entrepreneurial Myth. I love that book. Mm -hmm. What's the tagline is, why businesses fail and what you can do about it? Yeah. Well, you know, I used to be a franchisee. I used to own a number of franchises, right? So I mm-hmm. understand the franchise model of creating systems and processes and, and how, you know, important that is to really, you know, produce predictable and reliable results. So it's a phenomenal book. What's a tool you use every day that you would hate to have to live without? Hmm. An online tool? Online tool. Well, maybe not. I guess. I guess email. Email? It's my preferred mode of communication. I I hate when people phone me. Don't phone me, just email me. (laughs) If if we're going to have a conversation, it's going to be a planned conversation because it's going to be on my calendar. I just don't like the random, you know, unplanned phone calls. Like, email is my preferred mode of communication. Last one. Last time you were on an airplane, where were you going? I just came back from Dallas last week. Cool. Conference? Yeah, no, I went to train. I went to uh, out to Dallas to train a sales team. Fun, fun, hot. Yeah, it was. It was really hot and humid. Let's shift gears for a second here. Let's go. Let's go in a little bit of a different direction. And I got maybe one, two, three, four, five more questions before you before we wrap it up here. What do you enjoy most about having a successful online business? The ability to live and work anywhere I want. So if I decide that I don't like beautiful Kelowna, British Columbia anymore and I want to pick up and move to any other city, nothing in my business changes. Uh, did you ask me for three? Uh, no, just one. Or just one. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, that would be it. <laughs> what do you do for fun? Oh, you know, I would say that my number one thing that I do for fun is just spending time with friends. It's interesting because um, we can actually do nothing. 
you know, just hang out and just have the most fun. And I, it's, I have that very much so with my fiancé, too. We talk about that on a regular basis. We're like, we're so lucky that we actually don't even need to spend a dollar to have fun because we just have so much fun just sitting, hanging out, and talking. So I would say my number one thing uh, is, is actually just you know, talking and, and hanging out with people that I care about. And it's interesting because I'm actually an introvert. Hmm. So I spend a lot of time alone. And so when I'm around people that I know and like, like I become so social. <laughs> and it's so amazing. It's just such a treat. So, I mean, there's a whole bunch of other things that I like to do, but that's probably my number one thing. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. What would you say the most rewarding thing um, that you've been able to do because of your, your business? Oh, hands down, create a global audience. You know, it's so amazing um, to know that I have, like, people that – you know, invest in my courses and my buy my book from all around the world. You know, when I launched my book, I had the number one bestsellers list in Canada, the UK, the US. Um, I have every time I launch a course, I have people from you know, all kinds of different European countries, Australia, New Zealand, all across Canada and the US. And it's just remarkable that, you know, we have the ability to do that. My daughter-in-law was in, in Silicon Valley a couple of weeks ago, and she's like, you know, Melanie, when I was there, I mentioned your name to a few people, and everybody knew who you were. I'm like, that's so cool. You know, that's it's just like totally cool. that never would have happened 10 years ago. No, it would have been impossible. Tell, tell us where, tell listeners where people can find out information about uh, your course, your book, and if you wouldn't mind sharing uh, maybe a link to that cheat sheet that we mentioned on the top end, that would yeah, be awesome. Yeah, yeah. So the cheat sheet just is, is a handy little thing. Some of the principles in my book is called uh, the LinkedIn Code Cheat Sheet, and the URL to, to grab that is licodecheatsheet.com, licode cheatsheet.com. My website, my primary website is topdogsocialmedia.com. There is information about my online courses. haven't put much about my book on there because I've got a, a just a, another site for my book called thelinkedincode.com and I'm just actually revamping that. But there is links to uh, all the different Amazon. So depending on the country and whether you are looking for a Kindle or, or paperback, um, there's links in there for, for that. So those are the other two things. If you want to connect with me on any social media site, you can go to topdogsocialmedia.com the links to all my social media sites are there so you don't have to go digging around and Google searching. Most people spell my name wrong because it's with a Melanie with an O instead of an A, mm -hmm. which is great because I'm always <laughs> able to secure all the URLs and, I bet. and domains I bet. for everything. <laughs> Terrific. Well, Melanie, I can see uh, we are out of time. I want to thank you uh, so much for inspiring us today with your, your personal story and the generosity uh, in sharing your thoughts and all of the ideas. Thank you so much. My pleasure, James. Thank you so much for having me. And to our listeners, uh, thanks again for joining me for another edition of the Affiliate Buzz. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business -business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm.
The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.